You're listening to Heating Up the UK, a Miami Heat UK-based podcast, bringing you the best heat media guests every single week. Here's your host, Dan Healy, brought to you by at the Miami Heat UK social media network. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to episode 82 of Heating Up the UK, a Miami Hits UK-based podcast. I'm your host, Dan Healy. Before we come to today's episode, as always, please check out the YouTube channel, Miami Heat UK TV. You have seen now the full programme list. We have released it. You've got Game Day from the UK, live pre-game streaming show each and every game day. You've got all episodes of Heating Up the UK going on there for people that prefer to watch and listen. You've got Oli Rahimi's Let's Talk Coop podcast. That's starting up again this season and lots of other fun and game things as well. You've You've got, uh, as per Heat Twitter, you've got what shot recreation of the week. You've got the betting tips, W dollar. We've got Ask the Misses. We've got all sorts of fun going on. It's going to be really good. 305 seconds, loads of stuff. It's all in one place. Miami Heat UK TV on YouTube. Please go over and subscribe. On to today's episode. And joining me today... We did this last season. We did a, a running round robin seed in the East. Uh, we did it with two fantastic guys from Miami Heat Beat. But we're only doing it with one today, and I'll explain why in a second. But first of all, let's introduce the co-founder of Heat Beat, Giancarlo Navas. G, how are you, sir? Doing good, man. Glad to be here. Thank you for having me on. Always make time for you guys. You guys got so much stuff going on. My goodness. We, we try. We try to keep busy. That's yeah, good. So we're, we're, we're recharged now. Like I've, Literally, it took me, I'm not lying, about three months to get over staying up till 3, 4 a.m. three times a week. So I don't think, I'm, I'm I don't just think people realize how nice the break is yeah. for us. We need it. Us content creators, we, we you know, that, that period, you know, right after free agency when nothing happens till the start of training camp. Oh, man, I, I slept better than I have in years. Well, this is it. People were saying, are you still going to be plodding? I'm like, no, I'm, I'm sleeping. Nothing to talk <laughs> about. There's nothing to talk about. Unless Ethan, Ethan over at Five Reasons will come up with a topic every week. I was like, damn, bro. I'm so- <laughs> Commitment. I don't, I don't know how to do it. And, and, and same with Locked On. They've got to do this shit every day. How do oh, they, man, yeah. How do they oh. do it? Ramil and Wes, they'll, they'll figure stuff out. I was like, what are you guys doing? I was like, nothing. <laughs> Oh, that's great stuff. Well, um, as I said, we did this last year, me, you, and Brass Jazz. Brass, um, an incredible take during last season's episode of this. Brass had NBA finalists, Boston Celtic, to see 10th last year. So he's not invited. He was part. right for like half the year. <laughs> it, to be fair, he was. It wasn't looking bad like by All-Star break. That's right, exactly. Yeah, they went on a bit of a, a bit of a juggernaut. So we're just going to try and we're going to try and speed it up a little bit this year. It's just me and you, G. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to go round robin. So it will be you pick, I pick, you pick, I pick, starting from fifteen all the way up to one. So we'll have between us a list one to fifteen. And um, because I can't figure out who I want to pick as fifteenth, I've gone <laughs> back and forward between three teams. I'm going to put it down to you, sir. So get us rolling. Pick our number fifteenth team. I think it's probably going to be the Orlando Magic again. I think that probably you're thinking of the the Pistons as well, kind of in that spot. Maybe Indiana um, around there too. The the bottom three from last year, I think it would be the same. But I think that Detroit has a couple players that you expect to take a bit of a leap that should get them closer to thirty wins. They were at twenty. They were twenty nine and fifty nine last year. Uh, and I I just think Orlando has a lot of projects. 
And yeah. they, I don't think that even they're, they're really good guys. I don't think that they have anybody who you expect, okay, you know, you're going to come in and you're really going to take the reins here and get us to, to 30 wins or 25 wins or whatever. Um, so I, I, unfortunately for Orlando, but I do like what they're doing. Um, obviously I don't think there's been any word on Jonathan Isaac coming back who would truly help bulk up their defense. Um, he may have a January 6th trial to attend. We are waiting uh, a word on that. Yeah. But other than that, uh, I, I think Orlando for the bottom. Yeah, you, you, I think the, the perfect summary of that was they've got a lot of projects, like you said there. And it is their roster is just, it's full of like 21 year olds, 22 year olds. Like, I mean, they're all exciting players, you know. Sub's faults that obviously now I've got the number one pick in Banchero, Wagner. Um, Anthony, these are all good, young, exciting players. And if I'm a Magic fan, I'm actually, you know, I'm, I'm excited for the future. But that future is exactly that. It's the future. And this is going to be another developmental season for him. So I've got no I like Wagner. Problems. You know what I mean? Like, obviously, like Wendell is good. You know, yep. Terrence Ross is going to be in Orlando Magic until the end of time. Uh, but those aren't, I don't think those are like lead your team guys. You know, obviously, yeah. they have Markel Fultz, who, you know, is uh, certainly something <laughs> um yeah, yeah. and, and Cole, Cole Anthony a, a guy who ha, you know kind of struggled couldn't really really start a lot last year as well I know that that's going to be another point of contention this year for him so you know stuff like that I, I just don't think they have like enough <clears throat> like number one some sc- I think their offense is going to struggle too so you know obviously with their first round pick um you you kind of hope but yeah Suggs also a disappointment for them I think a bit uh yeah, I think this, um, yeah, as you say, you need somebody. I mean, it's all very well having those young players, but you need somebody to try and lead that team. And at the moment, they haven't got that. So I think it's fair. Um, you mentioned, obviously, it's the three obvious teams, isn't it? And you mentioned them all there. I'm actually going to go at number 14, Indiana. And even mm-hmm. though I think their squad is, it's okay. I mean, they've got Halliburton, who's going to be their future. You've got Jaden Smith, who's looking very, very, you know, is a strong prospect. But Buddy Hield, Miles Turner... Daniel Tyus. I mean, Hild and Turner, I don't expect will be there past trade deadline. They might not even be there by the time the season starts. A lot of guys, to be honest with you. Yeah. Might not be so, there past the deadline. Yeah. So, Indiana, I think, um, you know, if if they can build around a new team around Halliburton, um, I mean, there's a, there's, there's a lot of teams this year that you think there's many that you believe will will start the season looking to make a push to try and hit that play in. But I think the, there's there's at least three or maybe four that actually will go the other way. There'll be a lot of guys that want to just try and get this number one pick for Wembyana or whatever you pronounce his name. Yeah. Um, he looks good. He he looks he looks very good. I mean, a real real talent already right now. So um, I'm going to put Indiana down at 14. You got any, anything against that? No, I, I agree. And I think that they're a team that actually may start a lot better than they end. Cause yeah. I do think that they have out of those three teams, I think they have the most proven veteran talent. I think Detroit obviously has the biggest upside. Yeah. Cause they have Cade uh, and, and a couple of the other guys that they've drafted. But I think Indiana has a lot of vets, you know, like, Obviously, Miles Turner is a you know at times has been a defensive player of the year candidate for stretches. Um, you know you have a lot of veterans: James Johnson, Langston Galloway. You know uh, T.J. McConnell, as we make fun of a ton, but you know solid backup guard. Uh, Tice, as you mentioned, Halliburton and 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 Neesmith, Buddy Heald, good young kind of players for for them. So I they might start better. And I think as, as the team gets deconstructed and broken down and sold for parts, I think that may, they may kind of end a lot worse than they start. 
Um, I imagine a lot of these guys won't finish the season with them. Yeah. Although the Miles Turner uh, kind of trade rumor is always in the works for them. I don't know when they're going to get rid of him at what point. But also, I wouldn't rule them out of being a, a a team that could pursue Ben Simmons if Durant gets moved. And, you know, we've talked about this a lot with the Heat. You know, it, the Bam Ben Simmons coexistence because of a salary cap um, thing that two guys who are extended yeah. off of whatever some cap rule that Bam and, and and Ben cannot be there. You know, that's a team that I look at and be like, I can see them trying to absorb Ben. They're one of two teams with cap space, I believe it's Simmons yeah. and the San Antonio Spurs next season. So you know, they're gonna they're gonna be a team that can take on contracts. And I think that that's probably the smart thing to do. You know, as long as you got like some of your young guys locked up, get a good pick, absorb some deals and some picks. So uh, I could see them kind of starting better and then kind of petering out. Yep, completely agree. Um, so in that sense, then I think your 13 will probably be quite obvious. I think it's the, the obvious three teams here. So I assume it's Detroit. So it's kind of tough because like, you look at a team like Detroit, Washington, New York, and I think any of those teams really can be here, and it wouldn't surprise me. I actually, I'm gonna go New York Ooh. instead of Detroit. Um, after I've thought about it more, I am not an RJ Barrett person. I just don't really understand like the fascination with him. Um. I they have just a bunch of guys that I don't know, man. It, it just doesn't. Not that they're like bad, but I just think that like you look at other teams like Detroit or Washington, and I just think that in theory the top end talents better. I think probably with New York, you have more that can go wrong. Obviously, like we need to see what Randall was going to give them if he's going to have a bounce back year. I think a lot of people are betting on RJ Barrett being better than he is, which I don't really think is like the right move. Um, I mean, they, they, they had that, they had their big off season splash, right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, which is like, you know what I mean? Like, okay. Um, cool. You know, Jalen Brunson is here, like, you know, all that. So, I'm not a big I'm not a big New York believer. I think that the, it's going to be like somewhere between them and Detroit, kind of down there. But uh, I, I'm I'm I think I'm going to pencil in New York. Okay, um, I think the best way of summing up New York, somebody I can't remember who it was, put when they put the graphic up of Brunson, R.J. Barrett, and Randall as their big three, and it was like someone said that's the most mid big three the NBA in NBA history. Like it, it, it they're, they're not bad players, but if that's your big three. Um, you're not going to be you're not going to be going too far in this world. Um, I, ha- I did have them a little bit higher, to be honest. I had them in the last playing. Um, I had them in eleven. Uh, so um, yeah, not not a million miles out. But um, okay, you've got them in at thirteen. Also, um, Tom Thibodeau teams they they have like negative return. It's like they always start really good the first year, and then like every year it's like you know it's a half life of <laughs> nice dope. So. Yeah. Uh, that's another thing to, to actually. Watch I just realised eleven isn't even the plan, is it? Ten is the plan. So yeah, they don't. Mm-hmm. They didn't make the plan for me. They was just short of that. So uh, yeah, no, that's fair. Okay, so uh, we've got Magic, Pacers, Knicks. I think now it probably does have to be uh, Detroit in at twelve. Uh, as I said, a bit like a bit like the Magic, they've got 
talent. They probably got more talent in terms of obviously just having Cade alone. I think he's he's a superstar. He's a bunch of superstars coming. Uh, Kemba, Ivy, Bagley, Bogdanovich. That was a weird one. That was a really weird one. But Bogdanovich in for Kelly Olynyk. I'm not really sure who that improves. I mean, you know, you would probably. Say- I, he's a he's a good player. You know what I mean? Like he's going to help them. You know, he's a guy that's going to help you win basketball games. I imagine. It depends. It really depends on how their season goes. Because if they're fighting for a playing spot, maybe them and his organization thinks it's valuable to give their young core kind of some games that matter experience. If they're more toward the bottom, they might they can probably flip uh, Bogdanovich for something kind of you know nice at the deadline for you know for a rebuilding team. So uh, it could you know to quote the deuces, it could go either way. But yeah, did you um, what did you think of the Bogdanovich Olenek thing? Because it would have been a player that Miami could have maybe have got if they were. I think a lot of people thought, well, we're not going to give up a first round pick for that sort of player. And Olenek you, or Bogdanovich? Bogdanovich. I would prefer to Linick. I, I, I actually agree. I think Olenek is. I know we've had that experience, but when you look. I like the KO. I was a KO lifer. It was, a, it's the, it was the perfect sort of fit, isn't it? Now, next to Bam, it just makes this roster complete. The perfect. And Bogdanovich fit. does that too. But when you consider it, it cost the Kelly Olenek. Could the Heat not have got involved in that? It seemed a bit, a bit of a strange trade. I mean, I don't think anything they, they again like Detroit can flip Bogdanovich later. Yeah, and uh, you know they have, you know, I think that they want to, you know, they want to play. They have like their guys that they want to play in their bigger lineups. Isaiah Stewart, Beef Stew. Um, you know, they have a, a couple like you know kind of tweener threes and fours, right? So I think Olenek didn't really fit in kind of the style that they wanted to play. Yeah. I, I do think that Bogdanovich could have been really helpful here. But again, it, it's just kind of like another guy who's a little too small to play for. And it, you know what I mean? So it kind of puts you back in the situation of like, okay, like we start Bogdanovich at the four. That doesn't make me feel great. Yeah. Linux makes a little more sense just because I it's think so he's cool. have the synergy with Bam. He's a shooter. I don't think he's a horrible defender. I think he's like good positionally. I just think he has like little arms and can't rebound. So, um, but I, I would have taken KO for sure. Definitely. I don't know if KO has a new contract. I guess, yeah, he would have had to have because that four year deal would have run out. So, um, it could have been a cap decision too, Dan, um, considering what they just gave Hero as an extension and what they're committed to in, in Hero, Duncan, Jimmy, Kyle, and Bam. So, yeah. it could just be as simple as that. Cool. Okay, let's come on to the 15, 14, 13, 12, 11 seed. You're a Washington Wizards, baby. Okay, yep. I think, uh, you know, it, and usually, like, I feel like these have been, like, the bottom Eastern Conference teams for a while. It's pretty, <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? It's just, uh, again, the Bradley Beal saga. I'm sure that there's going to be a stretch of time where they're going to look good. I think the Porzingis... Beal stuff. Let's see how that looks. Obviously, Porzingis is not like a bad player, but has really not shown life the way you'd like. Yeah, I know that they like Denny uh, Advia. Um, you know, they have some guys there, some some veterans. Yeah, uh, let's see what they got in Rui. Um, you know, <laughs> although the clock's kind of ticking on that. I like yeah. Will Barton on there. He's just a good, solid veteran who is freaking winning basketball games for a really long time. I would, I would love Will Barton here. Just 
freaking scorer off the bench who can yeah. you know get to the rim athletic we, all we've, that. and with Kuzma there as well it's that that's not a bad sort of that's a sneaky good uh, sort of big free if you like isn't it because it, it sort of works if 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 they can they can make it work it does seem to have the ingredients there to to do something is it, is it enough to make them any sort of challenger for anything more than a plane I think it kind of depends on what do you get out of Porzingis and does Beal regain his shooting touch? Because sneakily, Bradley Beal hasn't really shot the ball well lately, last couple seasons, which you kind of think of Bradley Beal as like a dead eye shooter, but really like the, the three, he was a 30% shooter last year on less volume, which wow. is like, that's bad, dude. If like, if I mean, when Kyle Lowry had those numbers, like he was getting absolutely eviscerated here. Um, that's not good. Duncan Robinson was a 36% three-point shooter and everyone was mad at him. Yeah. So the year before that, Beal was 35%. The year before that, um, 35 again, 35 again. He hasn't had a 40% three-point shooting season since 2016, 2017. Wow. So he's been in real decline as a shooter, um, even as his points per game has gone up. Um, field goal attempt has been kind of oddly going up because he's getting to the rim more and stuff like that. But I think if he can kind of regain, have a good shooting season, um, maybe closer to like 37, 38%. Um, and then if Porzingis has a good year, I think that they can really make a push for like 10 or nine, but yeah. it's a lot of ifs. And I think a lot of times in the NBA, if you have to have too many things go right, probably not all of them are going to go right. You may get one or two, but not all. Yeah, they're always one of these teams that they just they never seem to know. They're always stuck in mid, mid middle of nowhere, aren't they? They never they never seem like they want to tank. They never sort of look, feel like that's that their, their roster's better than to be able to tank. But then they're never quite good enough to make it as a play a playoff or even a play in team so much now. So they've really been just the epiphany of mediocrity for what seems like forever. Um, we'll see if they improve anymore, but not according to, to G's having them at 11. Uh, to be honest, yeah, I had them I had them at 10. So no real difference between us. Um, right, we're into number 10 now. And I think it has to be, I think it has to be Charlotte here. Um, a bit of a strange roster. Um, obviously, they've got Lamelo, one of the league's most exciting players. Um, looking forward to watching him again this year. And then a lot of it could depend on whether Hayward stays fit because... If you've got a fit Hayward, you've got a very productive player. He's shown year on year that he just doesn't seem to slip away, but it's just in terms of production, but it's just his, his health. It's wherever he can keep that going. Rosier picked up, Oba Jr., PJ Washington's exciting player. It's an okay team. It'll cause you a problem on on any night, wouldn't it? Yeah, I mean, also the 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 unfortunate thing with, with Bridges and, and the awful things yeah. that he did was he likely won't play, which hurts their team, which is not really the important part, which I, I think the, the Hornets made the right decision. And I think I think more teams should be doing what they do. I think yeah. more teams kind of try to sweep it under the rug. So shout out to, to the Hornets for doing the right thing. But you know, on the on the court, that affects him because he was really improving. They have the worst Martin twin. I don't think we talk about that enough. Uh, everybody thought that the Heat got the lesser Martin twin, and I think time has proven that 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 Caleb is better than Cody. Uh, so let's that. see what Cody has. You know, Caleb outplayed Cody last season. I, I do think he's, you know, Cody's obviously. Uh, was projected to be a better shooter so you know caleb obviously stepped up there so got to see where where cody ends up um you know i am curious as to what they do with pj washington kind of extension eligible seeing how you know what they want i imagine they're going to pay him uh what that number will be i don't know 
um, Hayward, you know, guys like him, uh, you got to wonder if they're going to be moved. The, the Hornets are still looking for a center. I feel like they're in a constant state of trying to find a center. That's not a Plumlee. So that's what I was just, I say, is, is it Plumlee? Is yeah, it... The, yeah, that's not a Plumlee. So, um, you know, kind of, kind of an eye on teams like Portland for Nurkic. I know that that's like a popular kind of destination for him. You know, like who needs a center? Who wants to get rid of their center? Kind of thing. So, I agree with you. I think they could be electric. I think that they're a team that you know, if a lot goes right for them, you know, they can they can kind of creep up to eight or whatever because you know, obviously, a ball is is that kind of spectacular, but. I, I just don't really see it. And to be honest with you, the more I think about it, I actually may, <laughs> actually may think less of them um, than I do other teams because the roster is really lackluster. But, you know, you got, I guess it's really propped up by Rozier, LaMelo, and Gordon Hayward just being better than other – and Kelly Oubre, who's, who played well, just being better than, like, other guys on the other team. So it's like I think the, the rounded-out roster is more mediocre, but, like, the top end is better. I think that's absolutely fair. It's um, as I said, it's a strange sort of um, league or conference here because you've got now. I think this is where it now starts to get a pretty big gap between the rest of the teams. So the rest of the teams now will look at themselves as a, almost trying to get a, as a play in or a playoff lock, um, and the rest of them, the, the teams we just spoke about, are more like playing hopefuls or even just tankers now. So let's get on to number nine and see who you had in that spot. The Chicago Bulls. I had Chicago Bulls as well. I think they're the team that's most likely to have a drop off. I think they got a pretty extraordinary year out of DeRozan, which I don't really know how replicable that is. And I know that I'm like kind of like the DeRozan hater on Twitter, but it's it's for a reason. And I'm not going to let one season just really affect how I look at him. That was his best season. Was that his? That was his best scoring season of his career. Mm. You know what I mean? It's he shot fifty-two percent on twos, which I believe is the second highest mark of his career, and he had his second highest field goal percentage of his career, and he had his highest three-point percentage of his career. A lot of career years for a thirty-two-year-old. I just don't know how that holds. Um, he, you know, getting to the line, I think is and he, he that that for sure you know, is not in the top three. It's his fourth highest season getting free throws. That's a number that I'm going to look at because DeMar um, really depends on kind of getting to the free throw line and stuff like that. The Bulls defense, I think they haven't answered questions that I think we all have, particularly like what's going on at power forward. I know that they had some injuries last season, but at the end of the day, you know, in important games, uh, they had freaking <laughs> they had lonzo guarding other power forwards and lonzo has you know a lot of questions about his health you know pat williams obviously was going to be in the mix vucevic had another you know is in clear decline so all that combined you know not getting the same out of damar um lonzo not being available you know vucevic with another year in decline um you know stuff like that and and i think what you have in the rest of the roster kind of is what it is. I, I don't think Levine's going to get any better or not better. Maybe that's unfair. Uh, I just don't, I don't know. I, I just kind of think he's that this is who he is as a player. Who's a really good talented scorer. Not going to help you on defense. Obviously Gogi recently signed there and everything. I think Kobe white is what he is. We all know how I feel about Andre Drummond, you know, all that stuff. So again, it, maybe if Pat Williams is pretty spectacular, yeah. And they loved him. 
they really, really loved him and they didn't want to move him when they were the one seed and they could have really made a push, but they didn't, they wanted to keep him. So, um, and then obviously, you know, Caruso was really good for them as well. But, you know, like I said, uh, I think the East is so good this year that, you know, even a team that has a lot of talent like the Bulls, I think are going to take a step back unless DeMar can keep up really insane, insane stuff. Well, DeMar was an MVP candidate up until what all-star break last year. So, um, you know, that's why they seeded so high is because he was off the charts good. And I don't think he's going to, you know, he's got his well to give them any sort of chance to be in because everybody's got better to give them any sort of chance to to be in that mix again around that sort of because that was around the fourth seed, one to four seed for a long part of that season, mainly down to DeMar DeRozan heroics. And I just don't see that being replicated, especially when you look at, um, yeah, as you said, Lonzo's health issues or like Caruso was a big miss for them. Um, but defensively, they just don't seem to have enough. And that replicated massively when the fact that they was, what, 0-16 against top four teams, I think it was last year. Yes. Um, it just it, It's all very well having talented offensive players, and they've got that in abundance. But you need someone to keep it at the other end, and they just, they just don't seem to have it. They don't have depth just... either. They don't, have, they don't have depth. They don't have positional depth. And it's, yeah. it's just a tall task, especially with kind of such a wing-heavy league. They don't have a lot. They don't have any wing defenders to throw at guys. And like I said, like you have to have an answer for power wings for Jimmy Butler, for you know uh, Jason Tatum, for Kevin Durant, for you know Cade. You know what I mean? There's like tons yeah. of guys on the perimeter that you need answers for, and you're just going a little too small. And, and that's a lot to ask of Caruso, especially without ball. Yep. I think that's spot on. I think, yeah, there's never been more real attacking talent in this league and the Bulls just haven't got the roster to really sort of stop that. So, okay, I, I was with you. I had them at nine. So in at eight, I'm going for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Oh, wow. Um, really? Yeah, despite the, the, the off-season trade, uh, their, their team on paper looks very good. Mitchell, Mobley, Allen, Garland, Levert, Love. I mean, that, that's it's a good. real good, it's a real good, strong up and coming, exciting, talented roster. Ricky but Rubio. Just, when, when I look at what's above them, I just don't see them quite breaking it. Maybe they could go up above one more, um, but I just don't feel like they've got the experience to to make a successful challenge to anything more than that. I don't think a lot of people was putting them as like a, a home court seeding. I just don't see it yet this year. I think that, that, that it's it's a really exciting time to be a Cleveland fan now, which is a mad thing to say after a the years they've had since LeBron left, but um, I just don't see I don't see them penetrating what's above them at the moment. Um, but I think they're going to be a real good league pass watch. Um, you seemed a little bit surprised. Yeah, I mean, I think that I think with the addition of Mitchell, who gives them kind of their go-to bucket getter, I think that's really what they were missing. They are very solid defensively. I think they have a lot of pieces. It's funny because I think Larry Nance would be like an excellent kind of last piece to this puzzle which yeah. they had to trade. But, uh, you know, given what Mobley, how good Mobley looks, you know, whatever they get out of Okoro, um, you know, obviously Jared Allen was absolutely incredible last season. And I'm excited. You know, we see how good Mitchell is in a two-man game with a guy like Gobert, you know, a big targeting roller, you know, Jared Allen, really of similar ilk, um, you know, a little bit more uh, gifted offensively, I would say as well. Um, you know, great defender. And like I said, Kevin Love off the bench, who was a six man of the year candidate. Um, I don't know, man. I, I think they're good. And I think that they're better than teams like Atlanta, who I think have a lot of question marks about, 
you know, what's going to go on, who's going to get moved. I think that they made a big splash for a guy that I don't know the fit. So I, I think I would, I think Cleveland's a bit of a safer, you know, bet. I think the backcourt of, of really, I mean, Garland and, and Mitchell, I mean, that's going to be really ex- one of the best backcourts in the league, really yeah. explosive. I mean, you could really, they're, they're a lot deeper than most teams. Rubio is a really solid backup guard, even at his age, you know, really, well, can hold as long as the starters can get a lead. Rubio is the guy that you come in, him and some other of the vets that they have kind of come in and hold the lead. So I really, I really like their team. I would have put them a little higher, but I think it's fair because, again, like all these teams, you know, they're an injury away from something weird happening. Yeah, I think it, I did sort of back and forth with them with one probably noticeable team at least. But then I think after the ne- that next team, I think then there becomes a, a definite step. Maybe there's maybe two you could maybe say that they would jostle between. But there we are. They're in at eight. But you make a good case for them being high up. So who did you have at seven? So um, I would have had – so probably I'm between two teams. I'm going to go Atlanta. Um, I was go, I was between them and the Nets. Okay. Um, I, think, I think this next tier, I think after Atlanta – it gets a little hard, but they they've had issues in the regular season at times. I haven't seen them put together a full 82. They kind of have like good first, bad first halves, good second halves. Um, you know, why that is, I I don't know. DeJounte is gonna help their defense. Um, you know, obviously Trey's a big target. You know, Capella missed a ton of time last year too, I I believe. Yeah. Um, yeah. so you know, kind of getting getting guys like Capella back. In the lab, yeah, Capella played. Well, no, he played seventy games last season, so it wasn't as, that many, but felt like more. Um, that's why. That's why we check. You know what I mean? I don't want to talk out of my butt. Uh, you know, I think they have talent. I think obviously Trey Young is really special. I think that there's also a formula to attacking Trey Young teams, and I think that Dejounte is going to help them. Whether Dejounte can be a, a good shooter or not is going to be a litmus test for how successful this team is. Uh, I, I think Murray and, and Hunter defensively make a really interesting kind of wing uh, combination. And I think that that's kind of going to be the fulcrum of like what they do defensively along with, you know, whatever Cabela does in a drop. But, you know, Chris Silva's there. Oh, look at that. Shout out to Chris Silva. I didn't know he was, uh, he he was the Hawk. Uh, yeah. You know, Okongu also, you know, I, I think, you know, if he kind of kind of take a little bit of a step. And then obviously the, the big question mark is going to be John Collins. What's going to happen with him? Is he going to be a hawk by the deadline? There's all sorts of kind of rumblings all the time about him. Um, I thought Bodanovich was a little disappointing last season. I, I hope he can bounce back, but uh, I do think that they're good. I think that their offense is going to be good, and I think as long as they can get to like a respectable like top fifteen to thirteen defense, I think that they should win enough games to kind of get into that like you know seven to five mix you know what i mean yeah i think that's i think that's about right and that's the sort of thinking i had as well because i think they've had two weird seasons in a row because i think that when they 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 got to the eastern conference finals i thought that that was an overachievement i thought that was weird i thought that was more about the Sixers uh falling apart rather than uh, well they got new york and and a shaky philly team so it's like yeah exactly so matchups matter folks that was a bit weird but then the same last season i think that they they you know, that was a strange underachieving year as well off the back of a very successful season before. But yeah, I looked at it. I did toss between them and the Cavs there. Um, but I just think with the addition of Murray, I think it, it, that starting five is is good if it can stay healthy. 
Um, so we'll see what Atlanta can do. But I've, we've got them both. We had them both in at seven there. Um, so six, then it gets it gets tricky now because I really want to say the Brooklyn Nets, uh, but there's just that X factor about the Brooklyn Nets is if they can stop themselves from falling over themselves. Um, They're going to have then, health problems, Dan. I, I just, yeah. that's the one team I look at more than anybody. And I was like, I just don't, I just no don't see knows. Ben, Kyrie and, and Katie putting together, you know, I imagine they're all going to hover around 60 something games, you know, and you can mix and match them, but I, I just think it gets hard. You know, they went 44 and 38 last season. I, I think a wrap, they're going to probably be around that maybe a little bit better. Um, but given how good the East is, maybe not, you know, but if you think that if they can keep everybody on court as much as possible, does that, that as a, as a fit, it seems to be, quite special and if they, they 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 could be anything that from one to six here if, they have the highest okay. variance i think in the in the yeah. conference um maybe yeah. in the league maybe them and the lakers i think oh the lakers yeah. you know i think yeah. you, know, you can't count out lebron ever but I feel the same about durant yeah yeah i mean but, what's do you know what what's the situation with buddy's health um uh joe harris i think he's he's back he's now i think go, he right played. I think yeah. he played. Yeah, I think he played in their first preseason game. So, yeah, I think that I, I'm going to put them in at six. I'm going to do it because the the Nets, the, the, their biggest problem will be them tripping over themselves. They're always days away from the next drama. Um, so it, you're relying on that roster to stay healthy, to stay out of trouble. Um, and I just think at some point it won't happen. Something will go wrong. Kyrie will Kyrie, Durant will Durant. Um, who knows where Ben's next injury is from? Uh, I, I, I'm, I think the variant is huge. It wouldn't surprise me if they end up running away with the conference, but it wouldn't surprise me if they end up a first round exit again because who knows what that team can do. I'm going to put them in at six. I think the the pickup of Royce O'Neill is really nice for them because that really gives them. I know that he's a little small, but he has shown an ability to defend fours, and I think kind of. With their health, I would, you know, kind of keeping in mind that they're going to be their health problems, you know, picking up TJ Warren for the minimum. I think that's a good risk to take, you know, even though we haven't seen them play in a while. Um, guys like Patty Mills, you know, had a disappointing season. Look for him to bounce back. Nick Claxton, still really good, young, right? Seth Curry yep. had a really good season for them. It's just, for me, it's mostly a health thing. Uh, they're going to have enormous playoff equity. You know, just Duran and Kyrie are really good. I don't know how to feel about Simmons. I think defensively, you know, between Simmons, O'Neal, and, and Durant, I think you can really cover your bases in a way that they hadn't been able to. How that looks in pressure situations in the playoffs with Ben, I think we kind of know what that looks like, and that might actually be their limiter. Um, but in the regular season, I could I could see them, you know, like you said, being anything from one to, to, to six, you know. Good stuff. Okay. Um, the number five seed is up to you, sir. Philadelphia 76ers. Oh, okay. I, I didn't see that. I don't understand the fascination with them. I didn't think they were particularly impressive last season. Um, Embiid is another guy who's never healthy. I think PJ Tucker is cute. It doesn't really solve their main issues. Um, and I think I'm just not 
really impressed. Like, okay, like you get you get PJ is James Harden like gonna look better? I don't really know. It looked really looks like he's on the decline. Um, you know, took less money and everything. I I don't know, man. I, I just I just don't. Maybe maybe I'm selling them a little too short. I just don't like the team. I don't like the depth. Um, maybe Maxi takes another leap. I'm not a huge Maxi guy. I think he's good, but like I said, they just don't inspire a lot in me. And I think the teams on top of them are just better. Um, I think they got kind of lucky against the Raptors in the playoffs. I, I think that if you replay that series, the Raptors could put up a, a better fight. And then again, Scotty Barnes got hurt and all that. So yeah, um, I'm I'm just not impressed. I know I don't think Embiid's going to top his season. I think you would need Embiid to be kind of that level of MVP candidate, which I, I don't know if he can have another season where he 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 outdoes himself. Uh, maybe he does. Maybe he doesn't. I would count against him. Um, and on heart, I don't really believe in the Harden thing and, and all that. So that's kind of where my thinking comes down to. I think okay. to, we know what Tobias Harris is at this point, and mm-hmm. I think we know what this looks like. And I just really think that they've seen they've seen the top of their game. And I think this is clearly kind of a group of players kind of like Utah where, you know, you just keep cycling stuff around the same group and eventually you're just getting diminishing returns every year. Yeah. I think that um, it, a lot of it will obviously depend on, on MB pr- producing what he did last year because and be fair, being healthy because they suck when yeah. he's not there. But to be fair, he, he was healthy last year. I think it was one of the first seasons that he had that where he, he played a hell of a lot more games than he than he did last year. I, I, you'll probably tell me differently if not. He um, played sixty eight games, um, but like his career, Dan, for that point, thirty one games, sixty three, sixty four, fifty one, fifty one, sixty eight. You're right. He played more games, but sixty eight games is like, if yeah, that's like, made- oh my god, if he played a ton of games, like. I would have said like, oh, Durant probably plays sixty-eight games or something, you know. So. But I think with the Sixers, I think that it might be the time where this is now their they've been processing for what seems like forever, um, and I feel like this is now probably their best chance. Definitely since the Jimmy Butler uh, years when they had there, I think Tobias had a bit of a comeback season last year. I think he was good. Um, a lot of it may well depend on Maxi being the player he was next year and still taking another jump. Um, PJ, yeah, it's helped him out defensively. They've also added in Montrez Harrell as well. I think that I had them at three. Um, wow. I think that they, um, I think this is, if you're a Sixers fan, you would probably look at it as though, look, you, you do need a lot to go right. You need uh, MB to be healthy. You need Harden took more of this sort of facilitating role last year, but I think they, they may now look to him to be go back to being a go-to scorer because, if they can do that and the rest of their pieces that you look at their roster, yeah, the depth might not be there. But as a starting five especially, that's pretty damn good. That's going to give you a problem. You're going to have a, a tough game against them. So, um, yeah, I had them a little bit higher. I had them at three. But, um, yeah, they're in there at five. So, over to number four, the home court seeds. Um, I'm going to have the Toronto Raptors. Um, I actually had them at five. So not a million miles out. I had, um, I had him at four, so we're just basically switching. Yeah. Okay. So so that's cool. So yeah, look, rematch the of last year's first round. Yeah. Um, look, they've not really added anybody. I don't think have they added anybody apart from Bo Cruz. I think that's it. Not that's really. Cool. You know, just a lot of internal improvement, fam. You yeah. Know, getting getting Scotty Barnes another year out there, yeah. gelling. I mean, their their team. I mean, they're one team that do have some depth. And again, like Siakam, Fred Van Fleet, massive Fred Van Fleet, 
fan. I think that contract is one of the best in the NBA. As with OG Anobi, I think they've got real... Oh, they got Otto ends. Porter. That, that was their big acquisition, who I, I think fits what they want to do really well. Yeah. Um, I think that it, it's a real good blend of, of hustle, of shooting, of to-the-rim target, to, 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 to defense. Trent's been a good player. Pressures has improved. Yeah, they're a problem. They're a tough team. And I think they uh, they transitioned back from being away for so long uh, last year. They still didn't have NBA fans in their court for a long part of last season because of COVID protocol. So they've got on course to be on an upwards trajectory. So you had them at four, I had them at five. They're in our chart at four. I think that's pretty fair. Um, I'm quite high on the Toronto Raptors, as I know you are, G. I, I am, and and to be honest with you, I think I think their their upside is going to come down to the following three things. It's going to come down to how much does Scotty Barnes improve. It's going to come down to what is OG Ananobi bringing offensively this year, and it's going to come down to can Fred VanVleet finish at the rim? Because sneaky been a problem for him. Um, throughout his career, and it, it's really been, I think, the biggest the biggest knock on him, and I think it's really fair to ask, you know, about his finishing numbers because they've just been they've been bad. This is this is his numbers at the rim. He was fifty percent at the rim last year. It's bad, six percentile, forty four the year before, forty eight the year before, forty nine the year before, forty eight and thirty nine. Abysmal. Yeah. And for them to be better, he needs to be a threat getting to the basket and scoring. I think he's a very good passer. Um, all his other metrics are really good across the board, but that is a number that is just, you can't serve to, to quote that weatherman, you can't survive it. And your kids die too. Uh, you know, they, they need, they need, that's a deep cut. If you know, uh, they, they need that to be better. It's the best thing I saw. That was incredible. I just Dan, I love that. It was, you know, when when we're down here for the audience that doesn't know, there's a weather, there was a Florida weatherman tracking. I believe it was Hurricane Michael that the hurricane tracked came very very close to shore, but then did like a boomerang thing and then went went uh went east. So it it was just missing the coast of Florida. This weatherman is, and it was a really nasty storm. And this weatherman goes on TV and it goes, "This moves twenty miles to the west." And you and everyone you know are dead. All of you. Because you can't survive it. And then he does a long pause. And your kids died too. (laughs) And you know, we we need a little humor as Floridians. Because you know, it could all end. Dan, it could all end any day. Oh, man. There might not be. The heat might have been playing in like, I don't know. Fucking, you know, (laughs) Iowa or Sioux Falls this year. You know what I mean? We might not. If if Irma or damn, uh, what is it? Ian went a different track, you know? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I, obviously, um, yeah. I, I, it, it was just one of those things. It totally took me off guard, and it was a spit your drink out moment. It was never it, not I'm, funny. It's never not funny. But uh, yeah, I'm glad that um, it, it, that Ian missed Miami, but of course, thoughts and prayers go out to everybody yeah, uh, that uh, got affected. Um, hopefully, scary. the devastation isn't too bad. Um, on to number three. Um, Speaking think- of devastation. I think we we're all going to be agreed here because this might be actually a bit higher because um, I think we switched here. I think the Sixers, your Sixers choice, threw this out a little bit. You had them at I think four or five. Did you have Heat at four or five? I have the Heat at three. Oh, you had the Heat at three. I had them at I had them at four. So um, all right, we're not miles off then. So I've got the yeah. Heat at three. I think that. Um, you know, the, the, there's a lot of people that have said that this this off season has been a bit of a dumpster fire and it's been really underwhelming. And oh, I get that, but I also look at it on more of a positive um, 
trajectory where we've got a lot of guys here that are coming back with a chip on their shoulder. Well, let me They're ask not... Dan, why is it a dumpster fire? Well, it's no, that's probably uh, what the thing is. The fan base are obsessed with transactions. Yeah, it, it, it doesn't even matter who they are. If there's no blood in and they give you an interview and they tell you how hungry they are and how they're going to fight and rah, 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 then we love them and we're getting their jerseys and suddenly we're going to be a good team. Um, so that hasn't happened. So, of course, heat to it, it goes into meltdown. Now, I think that you, know, you look at Oladipo who has labelled this as his, his revenge tour. I think you could say that maybe about four or five guys. Tyler Harrow's got a hell of a lot to prove this year because he's, had, he's been in, in every single trade negotiation for years. He's now settled in Miami. He's going to come back and show what he can do. Bam is going to be coming out, hopefully, with a new uh, some, some new offensive rhythm and, and show us a bit more on that side. Caleb Martin has uh, said that he wants that four spot and he's going to, not going to give it up lightly. Duncan Robinson perhaps might come back and show us what a shooter he can be. There's the, the, These guys, there's a lot of people here that are going to be eager to go to show the team that we this is a good side and when you look at last year when we all predicted the heat around a four or five seed what did we do we went on to top the conference we went on as a one seed so i i think the three is yeah it's not it's not out of reach you had them at three i'm at three i think you know i think obviously health is going to be a concern um they're a team that i think is another high variance team that I'd be surprised if they get the one seed again. I, I thought that was a pretty special showing from them. And I think they benefited from Milwaukee's really slow start. Um, and, you know, Embiid kind of missing some time in the middle there and, and really yeah. Boston being really slow because Boston almost got that. I mean, if you remember, uh, they start, yeah. Boston started off super slow. Hopefully. They came back. So I, I, I hope Miami is healthier than they were last season. They missed. Kyle missed a ton of time because of personal reasons. Obviously, COVID ran rampant. And, uh, you know, maybe they were just built really well because they had so much depth that they were able to withstand all that. But wouldn't bet on that again. I think that the four spot is obviously a huge question. I don't think that is so much a regular season problem as it is a playoff problem because I think that they'll be able to manufacture enough lineups where it doesn't matter and they'll have enough talent and, and good coaching to overcome that. And I think that up until the deadline, uh, and then we can have a real evaluation about the team. You know, the fans are upset because moves weren't made, but you know, keeping Oladipo, I think is pretty big. Yeah. I think not signing PJ to a contract that would really hurt your future flexibility and, and stuff I think is good. And I, I don't think, I think people forget that like part of the reason why they lost against the Celtics was because of PJ. Like PJ was like very specifically the reason why the Miami's offense was so in the mud, unless for Butler. So it's like, why are you clamoring to keep the guy that like really kind of nuked your your playoff hopes? And again, that's not disrespect to PJ because obviously he's a really good player and a professional. And I would have liked to have kept him and then kind of built around that. But at the end of the day, like you know, the Celtics' decision not to guard PJ Tucker shrank the court in a way for Miami that made it really impossible for them to play their best lineups and. Yeah. I understand the heat not committing years and cap to a player that did that. And I think anybody who's mad at that has to really like, you know, sometimes you lose players and that's fine, but it doesn't mean like the organization's like stupid or anything. And you say like, well, why didn't they replace them? Well, there wasn't really anybody to replace them with. And then at that point, it gets to fans wanting a different vision for the team than what the organization wants. It's like, well, why didn't they get like another center or whatever? And it's like, well, they clearly don't want to play that way. Mm. Like they clearly like, they just they, Spo doesn't do that, and then we saw what a two big lineup looked with Yurt and Bam in the first preseason game. It didn't look good. Yeah, and uh, you know, 
I don't know. We've seen the team with a Myers Leonard and a Kelly Olenek. Like we've seen the permutations of these teams and they've always been better with a wing at the four. And though that specific guy was not available. And I, I think that they did the right thing by holding their chips and waiting for the deadline. So I think three is fair. I think the other teams ahead of them, I think have earned um, the benefit of the doubt to, to, to be the, the, the top two seeds. And I think if Miami finishes anywhere between three and five, I think that that's fine. Um, obviously you want home court. I mean, at the end of the day, listen, they lost game seven on their home floor. So, you know, we've seen T teams overcome, uh, home court and we've seen heat teams cough it up. So just, just get there. They're going to have a lot of playoff equity and, and Spo teams don't go quietly. For the yeah, and I think, you know, the, with the PJ stuff, you summed it up perfectly. Look, of course, in ideal world, you want to keep PJ Tucker. Of course you do. He's, he's a dog. He's, he fits this mentality perfectly. But anybody who wants to pay him that Love money him. over that amount of years, it, you just can't do that. It you was can't... the years, Dan. It wasn't the it wasn't the figure. It was the years. The years, exactly. Yeah, it's that's it. And um, so it makes sense. And you're right. Look, we just had... Do you remember NBA... how mad... I'm sorry to cut you off. Do you know? remember how mad people got when they signed James Johnson and these guys to, to three, exactly. four-year contracts? Exactly, exactly that. We can't. We're, we're, it's a strange. They can't win. The organization can't, can't win. Can't and I'm not win. here to show for them or anything. But like, you know, at some point they have to learn from their mistakes, and I think that they've shown you that they have. They definitely did. That's a really good thing to have brought up. And they they paid their guy. They kept their guy. That's you know it. what I mean? That's it. And like exactly. at the end of the day, him walking for nothing is a catastrophe. Yeah. And you can say you can't give him that contract or whatever. They'll move it. If they don't want to pay the rest of it, they'll move it. They always move it. Russell Westbrook got traded like five times. Exactly. That. Joe Johnson's untradeable contract got traded like three times. You could trade any deal. You can so trade I don't want to hear deal. that. Any you, deal. Yeah. That guy cannot walk for nothing. That's an, a catastrophe. Yeah. 100%. And, and, and the last and thing what? I'll say, Dan, and I, I'm sorry to like, I don't know. Oh. Time, but I think when Dwayne, when Dwayne left and when the heat were at odds with Boston and his doctors, and when LeBron left, they took a hit as an organization that players liked. And yeah. you saw that they didn't get free agents for a while. And it wasn't until Dwayne grew fond of them again that that changed. And I think that the organization is overcorrecting for their mistakes and being a little too loyal to players, paying them. You know, they didn't play hardball with Bam, they wanted to have flexibility and cap space. And they always like to give players extensions at the last possible second because that's how you can play with the cap. Yeah. They didn't play games with Bam. They gave him his money when he asked. He's like, my peers are getting paid. I would like to get paid. And they did that. And Tyler the same. And Tyler got his extension before the season, and he's likely going to start because they understand that this is a player's league and they cannot be the hard-ass organization that they were back in the 90s and the early 2010s and, and the early 2000s. And I think with Dwayne and Chris and LeBron, that the way that that ended, each of them specifically, was a player gripe with the organization, whether that be for money, whether that... And, and they were right about Bosch, but it still optically did not look good for them. And then obviously LeBron had... Pop. So like I think people need to understand the way that they're operating... And before they lob certain criticisms and then understand where the organization has come from. And mm -hmm. it's not, we're not playing 2K. They're managing personalities, agents, all sorts of things. And like I said, they've made the mistakes of paying Whiteside and paying James Johnson and everything. Like they're learning and trust them to learn from their mistakes.
Yep, that's it. The, the words out of my mouth, that was the, that's the perfect way to start. They've learned from their mistakes. So, uh, yeah, and when you look at the fact what we just had an NBA poll, it might have even been today or yesterday, where, yesterday. It, was, where it was about the, the, the best coach in the league, 52% Spo. You know, this 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 is what I mean. You've got to trust your front office, trust your coach. Uh, this organisation has, as you said, learned from its mistakes. So, uh, there we go. We've got the heat at three. I didn't even mention probably the most player who's got the bit between their teeth this year. The man on the jersey behind me here. Do you know, re- re- recognise this, by the way, G? My guy. I've got my Cole Lowry jersey out for you, buddy. Just for you, that was. I love him. Big Cole fan. Hopefully, he's going to have a, a shut a lot of mouths up this season. G, my chat this- was making fun of me. They said that I found all the weight that Lowry lost. <laughs> They were lighting me up yesterday, man. That's not nice. Yeah. Sorry, man. Uh, um, I think I might have taken your go, actually. But uh, you've got the deciding pick here because there's two teams left. Um, So I'm quite pleased I took your go, I believe, because now you've got the hard decision of uh, either the Boston Celtics or the Milwaukee Bucks in at two here. Who are you going with? For number two? Yep. Boston Celtics. Yep. Same. And It's less about the Celtics and more about Milwaukee just being a machine. I did have it the other way around uh, just a couple of weeks ago. But with all this stuff that's happened now with Iron, new coach, um, I think that uh, it's more equipped now for the uh, Bucks with with what they've got. But yeah, I had I had Boston now at two. Um, big blow losing Gallinari. He, I don't know. Is he out for the season, Gallinari? Probably. I don't know. I don't. And if he does come back, I don't see him making too big yeah. an impact coming off that injury. Yeah. Okay. So we've got the Bucks in at number one. What do you feel about the Bucks this year? They're the team to beat maybe league-wide? Excuse me? Oh, if they're going to have the number one record league-wide? Um, Are they the team to beat this year? League-wide? I think so. I, I, think they, I think they should be the favorites. I think I think them and the Clippers. Yeah. I think. It's just funny because we keep doing this with the Clippers. It's just, I don't know, man. Kawhi's so good. I just, Kawhi is like this. The last time we saw, Kawhi is just such a beast. I guess in the bubble it looked bad, but, you know, Denver's another team that, you know, kind kind of turn some heads. I'm going to really watch closely what they're doing because they're they're a team that could be sneaky one seed and you know really rip everyone. But I think Milwaukee for sure. I I think the teams Milwaukee, Boston, um, and the Nets have like the potential to like run away with with the number one yeah. seed in the East and, and possibly the number one seed in in the NBA. So those are the teams that I look at. But I think Milwaukee is probably the most likely to do it. I don't. I guess they would be the team to beat. Um, you know, Giannis yeah. is probably going to gun for another MVP too. I mean, that's going to be another fun race to I think, watch. I think a bit, a bit like the Clippers, you say that it, it comes again down to health because if the team stays healthy, yeah, you look at the roster and it's just it's brutal. It's got everything. It's got height. It's got athleticism. It's got shooting. It's got defense. It's it's crazy. That team at full strength is as well rounded as it gets as a, as a roster construction and the Clippers. Um, I mean, that's that, that's just stars everywhere and real good role players and production everywhere across that team. Um, but again, it all comes down to health. So uh, there we have it then, guys. We've done it for another year. Let's run through Giancarlo Navas and Dan Healy's 15 to 1. So we had 15 Orlando Magic, 14 the Pacers, 13 the Knicks, 12 the Pistons, 11 the Wizards, 10 Hornets, 9 Bulls, 8 the Cavs. Seven, the Hawks. Six, the Nets. Five, the Sixers. Four, Raptors. Three, Heat. Two, Celtics. And top are the Bucks. I think we've done all right there. I think I think so. 
I think we may get called homers for putting the heat so high, but you know, whatever. We, we will get called homers. We're going to get people and I mentioned we're going to get Knicks fans having a go at us. We're going to get Bulls fans. Yeah, but no, there we go. We're, it we're truly right. is a heat hater list, not giving the Celtics a one seed, <laughs> underseeding the Sixers, and uh, making the Knicks bad. Yeah, it's truly a, a heat hater list. It's, it's, I never actually thought of it, but you're right. It is a real heat hater list. Brilliant yeah. stuff. Um, G, I've taken up way too much of your time, but I really appreciate you coming on. Um, I. Hope and pray we are gonna we're gonna see of course hangover time back again this year, yeah. Yes, sir. We're doing a couple changes. We're gonna be doing it once a week. They're gonna be longer shows. Uh we're gonna we're really the vision is you know, like more of a variety show, like how the tonight show is, more pre-produced content, more letting brass and alf and, and the rest of the crew get more creative with kind of their medium. I think that having it every day can be difficult to kind of be as creative as we want to be. So kind of switching it to the once a week model, we'll still be doing post game shows. So that's not going away. You'll still see me, Alf, Moose, uh, Tiff, Bond, everybody after every game. It just won't be hangover time, but hangover time will be uh, once a week. We'll announce it at the top of the week. So don't worry about that on our Twitter and all our socials and, and on stream. But we're, it, the goal is to make hangover time bigger, better, and unlike anything that anyone's seen in sports media. So we're really excited. I cannot wait because it is already hands down the best show for entertainment, for knowledge, the best man. For, for, for humor, the personalities you got on there, plus the analysis as well. It's just the whole thing is just elite. So if this is going up another level, um, less frequent, but more production, well, I'm all for it. I can't wait for it. The season is nearly upon us, guys. G, thank you so much for joining us. Um, we'll be back next week, guys. As I said, this is my this is my guys. I've done now six residents now throughout the season. Jen Colin Navas just kicked this off, so we are now going weekly with each one of these guys every single week. So your favourite personalities from Heat Media will be with us. So we've got, um, as I said, G, we've got Brady Hawk, we've got Ethan Skolnick, we've got David Ramil, we've got Jeremy Tache, we've got Will Manso. What a list that is. They're going to be Ooh, coming on the Heat up in the UK every six weeks. So uh, we will see you next week for another episode. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Take it easy. You've been listening to Heating Up the UK. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts to ensure you never miss a show. Also, go give us a follow on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by finding our page at the Miami Heat UK. And subscribe to our YouTube channel, Miami Heat UK TV, for our latest shows and fun content. That's your Miami Heat from across the pond. Covered. Thanks for listening.